Hello and welcome to TLF Gems, a podcast about customer experience and insight from TLF Research. I'm Stephen Hampshire. And I'm Greg Roche. In this special episode, we'll be just reflecting on some of the highlights from our client conference, which is uh, on the 20th of March in London. Last week, plenty of customer insight there. And I think from our point of view, it was a a special event because it was our 20th annual client conference. And we had a little bit of a recap of some of the lessons that we've sort of learned over the time and the changing world, but also tried to project a little bit to the future about what hasn't changed. And I I think the main point that I, I could sort of get coming out of that is, yeah, there's been a lot of change particularly technology and customers' expectations. But the static is you have to understand what your customers want more so than ever today and in the future. Yeah, I think you put it really well in in your kind of opening to the day, which was we all know how much technology has changed and perhaps will continue to change. Uh, Well, probably, if anything, it's accelerating pace of change. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. People are people and people are not changing, uh, or at least certainly not at that kind of rate. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think one of the other things that came out of, of the conference, and, and we'll mention some of the points from the speakers, is once again, the diversity of clients we have there from many, many different sectors who are absolutely unique, but we all share a lot of the same challenges, mm-hmm. whether it's customer expectations or it's internal culture or it's how do we make our organizations a success, bringing the voice of the customer in there. I always think, feel the annual event is, is one of those that seems to motivate people because you get together with like-minded people um, mm. again. Yeah, really enjoyed the day. Yeah, and no, one of the things I, I liked seeing in, in some of the feedback that we got was people talking about how they feel kind of energized or motivated, or they can go back to the office kind of, you know, feeling, you know, equipped for the fight again, I suppose. Yeah, I always feel it is the test of the day is that final bit where at the end of the day we say, so have you got something out of today? that you can tangibly take back to the office to help make your organization more success. And it's great when all the hands go up and you think, yeah, you know, it's worth putting on the day. It's great. Yeah, well, I think with, you know, what, 150-odd clients there, three 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 clients sharing their case, their stories and their case studies mm. of, of what they've done to improve, really good keynote speaker and Andrew Davis. I think if there isn't something you can take home, then you probably weren't really listening. <laughs> and I was definitely listening to yours, Stephen. And um pains me to say, but another excellent another excellent talk there that you did. And I just like it because you, you, you challenge the status quo intellectually. And it, it was really interesting. You really got me thinking about, um, have I got this right, semiotics? Semiotics, yes. Hey. <laughs> Do you want to explain what it is? <laughs> yeah, well, very, very quickly, yeah. So it, semiotics um, is is about trying to understand how we create and then sort of convey meaning to each other. So it, it's, it sort of starts with linguistics, I suppose. How do words work? How do we use... The example I used right at the beginning was, was the question mark. How do we use a piece of punctuation to convey um, that something's a question and, what, and why does it do that job? But then it kind of broadens out from, from just linguistics to look at the way images work and you know for example what does the, what does the color red mean to us what associations yeah. does it get of is, is it about danger is it about health perhaps is it, is it the color of blood is it the color of you know fresh fruit so th- those kind of more emotional you know less verbal less rational associations 
a part of semiotics, and so is everything else. And that, that, that's really the point I was trying yeah. to make. The everything else really came across that all those little things build up to a big picture. And I particularly liked your example of the recording in the contact centre. You know, your call is very valuable to us. I'm afraid we're experiencing high call volumes at the moment. And, and the iceberg you took us down that said, well, actually, when you hear that, you hear that message, but what meaning do you take out of it? And the audience was straight away saying, okay, there might be a lack of resources, but the meaning is you don't care about me, you, you know, and suddenly you realise that what might be a perhaps a little white lie has greater implications when you understand the meaning, not just the words that were used. Now, it's a really good example. Yeah, and I think probably my, my single takeaway is not, not so much that you have to perform semiotic analysis on everything, but that for every piece of communication, every customer experience, you should look out for what meaning is being created for customers and how and why. And it's not just in the verbal stuff. It's not just in the stuff that's written down in your process map. It's all of the thing, other things around that that create an impression on customers and what impression that's creating. One of the things then that I think linked into that was um, Simon from TPT Retirement Solutions. It was the passion he was talking about of the way that, that the staff talked to the customers. And you could sort of see if, if his staff talk with the passion he talks, that will have lots of little messages and meanings going through it, which will be really, really good. And he got to the point about it's making staff in Enjoy the jobs, and he he used the word. If we'd had longer, I'd like to question about the infectious nature of it. Mm. And I think he did a really good way of, of explaining how it had sort of gone from here's some results to people saying to him, "What's the results, and what can we do?" And we, you know that seesaw that we see, that fulcrum that you get over. I thought he explained that really, really well. Yeah, and I think what came across really clearly for me in Simon's talk is, you know, a just how personally passionate he is about it and, and how much he sort of not not that he was trying to give the impression he did it single-handedly by any means but no. but that he definitely is, is sort of leading uh, a commitment to, to being led by the customer in that in that organization um that from a sort of practical point of view the thing that i really liked he talked at one point about sort of how they were revamping that the nature of, of calls but in particular with customers and the wording they were using yeah, and it's sort of not rather than thinking of it as a script. I think he, did he call it a recipe? Um, it was sort of basically every call has four stages. Yeah, uh, there's an opening at the beginning, there's a close at the ending, and the two stages in the middle, which can kind of cycle, I guess, are issue and resolution, and then check satisfaction. Yeah, and that's such a a useful but simple way to break down every call. And what I like about it is that it isn't a script; it's a yeah. structure. And if you've got the right people knowing what to do, there's, yeah, yeah, there's some words that have to be said in the regulated environment um, they operate in, but, but it lets the person manage the call in the right way to that unique customer within a framework that's mm. set. I thought that was, yeah, I thought that was really good. It's funny because it sort of ties in with a metaphor that, that I've been using recently, which is I, I see process as a recipe rather than as a rule book. Um, and I think that's it, yeah. it's a really useful way to approach things, to say that we need to do these things. It's up to you to do those things in the best way possible, but we need to do those things. comes back then to having the right people trusted, skilled and empowered in, in the right way. 
and that's one of the things that definitely that Scott has at Oscrete. I love the fact that he started his presentation with here's the staff and here's the staff feeding back on the results and you could see they were really pleased with the results, they were chuffed and we're going to keep it up there and do some more as well. Yeah and I think that the thing I find really interesting in Scott's is that it, it is quite a common problem that we meet when we go in into a client, you know, first year survey, they get a really high satisfaction score. It's always a bit of a pain because it, it means we know we're going into that sort of final presentation to the board with a message that you're great, but you could be even better, which is, uh, we kind of know it's hard to create that burning platform for change Absolutely, if, if yeah. it feels good already. Uh, and Scott was kind of addressing that directly, saying, you know, even though customers are happy, that isn't good enough. We need to keep focusing on it because, you know, particularly perhaps in the business to business world, customer experience perhaps is already and is going to be ever more the, the differentiator. And I think how they then looked at, so what's the next stage? They're a small player in a big market with dominated by two or three other big players. And how they said, okay, we've got to use digitalization and the way they thought out of sector mm. and basically compared their delivery process to that of Amazon. That's mm. the level we want to be at. And that's the way customers see the world. Yeah, I mean, it, Scott made the point that, that he was saying B2B lags behind, which I wouldn't always agree with, but I think in some specific areas it does. So he, he was particularly talking about the use of data and, and, and that mm. sort of thing. And I think that's probably true that, you know, B2B relationships tend to look slightly old fashioned. I mean, you even still get orders being faxed through quite yeah. often, don't you? <laughs> Whereas, you know, Scott was saying they're investing in telemetry on customer sites so they Fantastic, understand yeah. how how their products are being used. And, you know, that, I don't know the sector well enough to know how innovative and, and radical that would be, but I suspect it probably is pretty innovative yeah. and radical. Yeah. Our clients certainly liked our keynote speaker, Andrew Davis, in terms of putting the so what into social the social media side of it what did you think andrew's key messages were Stephen? i think well i think andrew for me uh, it's the second time i've seen him talk and right. uh, he was great again and just to me comes across as someone who really knows his stuff deeply um, and that enables him to just come on stage and talk very naturally uh, and answer questions very naturally but with this kind of fund of knowledge underpinning it um, and yeah for me is the main message i think is Partly about sort of authenticity and storytelling and, and yes. you know, being genuine with it, with the use of social media, we, we should say, yeah. is, is his main thing uh, he's talking about. And I think that the other big takeaway for me is understanding that, that you have to keep work. It's not enough to create content and hope for the best. You have to make, make sure that your content gets the use that, that it deserves. So if you've written a great article, that's fine, but you need to make sure people are looking at the great article you've written. And I think that's part of which I found really refreshing because he was saying, you know, it's quite simple. It's not easy. Mm. It's marketing as we know it, just in a different digital social media world. Got to have great content, like you always have to have, but then get it out to all these different places, use it, and the number of different ways you can use it so people can come across it. You just think, yeah, that's dead obvious really it's just the new way of the new way of doing it mm. um, and as you say his knowledge on it he, he really knows his stuff from a practical perspective and I think that's really you know a lot of people took a lot of notes 
Um, and there's a link to his webinar actually in the notes below if people want to link and see it. There will be, yeah. Um, which it definitely is worth watching. A couple of his videos are fab as well mm. in terms of the quirky way they look at yeah, it. Yeah, well, he, he positions very well what he's going to talk about by, by sharing yeah a, a couple of quite funny videos about social media and, and the way online in general works. Yeah. yeah. And then we had our final client speak from Clarion Housing. We had Vicky Bonner, who, boy, they faced a challenge. Two big housing associations coming together, two big cultures coming together. I think they're now the largest social landlord mm. in Europe. And she shared some really specific examples about how they then communicated messages to an organization of that size with differing cultures and the different techniques they'd use to get across things like the perfect repairs experience and, and the different uh, events they'd done. And again, and I think this is one of the things that we've, that our clients, speakers have done really well throughout the years, is they've given some really practical tips of how to do this. Mm. And um, Vicky, Vicky was just absolutely excellent as well. Yeah, I really enjoyed Vicky's talk. And again, I see, she spoke at the Housing Insight Conference okay. we had um, earlier in the year. Uh, completely different talk. Yeah, really interesting. Loads of detail about really that, just as you said, the process of merging two big organisations, creating a new organisation, a new culture, all the while t- you know, taking some of their repair service in-house, um, yeah, a lot of change all at the same time. We all know how stressful that can be when yeah. an organisation is going through change. So to manage the comms through that, to keep the customer front and centre, I thought yeah. was really, really interesting to see how they'd done it. Um, starting, I'm um, just very, very much believes what we believe, I think. Starting from the principle, people come to work to do a good job for the customer. No one wants to create an unhappy customer. Yeah, It's just a case of creating the environment and giving them the tools, tools to do yeah. that. And then just reminding them really how much little details can make a difference. So you mentioned the perfect experience. If you are you know, a repairs operative out there, what are the little actions that are important to make sure the customer's happy? If you're someone in the call center, how can you contribute to that yeah. perfect experience? If you're someone who books the jobs in, how you know what's your role yeah. in contributing to that experience? And it's simple things like we see, if you're gonna be late, call to tell them that you're gonna be late. And one of the ones I hadn't heard before was actually at the end of the job, as well as sort of checking that you're happy with the job I've done and what I've repaired, is there anything else you'd like me to do? Because it's more cost effective if I'm there, if you say, oh, actually, would you mind repairing that? Because the cost is in the call out, the travel. So the fact you're offering to do something extra just seems like a big, big win-win. <laughs> you know, it's more cost-effective for the organisation, but you've got a, a customer there and a resident or a leaseholder there who's got something more than they were expecting, and they've had this really helpful person who came to do something and did extra. And you think, that's fab. That's and again, fab. it's the balance between what might be efficient on paper. Yeah. You know, what? no, we're wasting time there, and we should book it in properly, but maybe it needs to be signed off. All of that sort of process-led thinking versus what makes sense to the customer and what should, what's the human thing to do. And it, it reminded me that of, you know, a, a few years ago, there's a bit of a thing with a local authority, um, sort of highway repair people. Residents would see them 
with the, all the tarmac and, and kit on the back of the van, driving over potholes they're ignoring to go and fix a pothole. Just, just stop <laughs> filling the pothole. And, and that's the logical, human, instinctive yeah. thing to do. But the processes often don't allow people to do the human, normal thing. Yeah, the common sense things. And part of what Vicky used, and was perhaps a bit of a secondary theme throughout the day, was the way she told stories and brought stories into the organisation in a very personable way. And that's how you change culture. That's how you get people to remember things. It's the way you use a story to make it memorable. Yeah, and that, that tallies very well with what Andrew said as well, actually. And so I think, yeah, that was perhaps a theme uh, which we didn't even realise we had. Yeah. <laughs> perhaps we'll use that for next year's yeah, conference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then we moved on to the, the Q&A session, Greg, which um, we'd probably have liked to have had a bit longer for, because it, it was a really good one. we want to do it, because it seems to be a bit where people really ask questions and get answers they, you know, they want from you know, a panel of experts who've often been there, done it, you know, bought bought the T-shirt. So I think I think one of our learnings is next year we'll we'll, we'll do a longer Q and A mm. um, session to really make sure everyone gets their questions asked. But overall, very enjoyable day. Good to see our clients liked it, which is the main part yeah, of it. Good scores again. Yeah, yeah, we like it when we get good um, good scores, and I suspect we both got a good night's sleep at the end of the day. <laughs> very good. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you very much for listening. Uh, If you're using iTunes, please subscribe, rate and review us. And if you want to get in touch, you can find us on Twitter at TLF Research or at tlfresearch.com. Thanks, everyone. (laughs) 